Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Socially Distanced Podcast. I am Al Manorino, the managing editor of thepopbreak.com. With me, as always, uh, maskless at this point, is Bill Bodkin, the editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com. Bill, how are you surviving this maskless world that we are now living in in New Jersey? Uh, very confused. Same. Um, I, I, I told everyone before the podcast, I didn't realize that we got rid of masks in New Jersey. And I walked into a bar uh, where I, I ordered food. It was an Irish pub. I was very much looking forward to it. And everyone looked at me uh, like I was insane for wearing a mask because no one else was a million people around the bar. And as someone who covered bars of the Jersey Shore for 10 years, I felt both like, wow, this is kind of, hey, this is like old times. Then I was like, oh, this is like old times. So I got out of there as fast as possible. It's a weird time in my life and in the state of New Jersey. And um, I'm just happy that we're joined by one of our favorite people on this podcast. Our t- our first guest on the podcast? Correct. Correct. Let's give it some context of what that episode was about. It was about Tiger King. Yeah. We don't talk about that anymore. Lame people mostly, but we don't talk about it anymore. It feels like it's been 20 years since that show came mm-hmm. out. Yeah, I think it's approaching the 20th anniversary. Like, Absolutely. Nope. Absolutely. nope. <laughs> I think it's just been a year at this point, which is crazy, Absolutely. crazy that we've been doing this for so long. But we're so happy, as always, to have the music editor of thepopbreak.com, Kat Manos. Kat, welcome back. Hello. I feel like I have aged at least five years since the moment you mentioned Tiger King. I can't even <laughs> believe, like, like, I forgot that was a thing, mm-hmm. but it was a thing. We were all like, obsessed with it. Yeah, we were obsessed with it for that week, and then we all realized we should not be obsessed. It's like it was like the first season of American Idol. Like everyone was just hooked on it. The entire country. Tiger King is the true embodiment of a car crash. Like Mm -hmm. we all watched it. We weren't like into watching it, but we couldn't look away. And it was just so horrifying. um, And I'm not sure anything was resolved. I can't remember a single person's name from that. We're getting reminder. Two different limited series based uh, off of it. When those, uh, and I'll say what I said then, when those actually do come to fruition, I will see it to believe it. <laughs> I don't think one, uh, if we get one of them, I will be. I, I will be we sad. have on one end, uh, Kate McKinnon as Carol Baskin. And on the other end, I believe we still have Mr. Nick Cage as Joe oh. Exotic. And those are two separate oh, entities. I thought his name was like Joe Hollywood. Then I realized I was thinking of Paul Hollywood from Great British Bake Off. And I was like, that guy's so much better because he just talks about sweets all the time. And soggy bottoms. (laughs) He would. So (laughs) this podcast is going to be a little bit of a flashback episode. And when it's episode 60, Al. Wow. 60 episodes. Perfect episode for a flashback. Since we have our first guest ever on the podcast again, I thought we would go back to our old format, which, full disclosure, I forgot about. Um, We set these up, Bill and I, when we first started the show, um, because we didn't want to just get on the podcast and just talk. We wanted to have some sort of structure, which was a joke by like episode six in terms of like well, that's having actual drunk on yeah. exactly having actual structure kind of just flew out the window with this podcast but we used to have uh, these different segments and i thought we would kind of rediscover them together and i think we're missing one bill 
Well, yeah, we were thinking of merging them anyway. So. Oh, yeah. But what was it? Because I forgot the name. Uh, it was called a, a, a Glimmer of Hope. A Glimmer of Hope. You know what? I'm throwing it back in for fun. I got one. I All hope Kat right. saw the one thing we're going to talk about. She probably no, did. she has no idea. So that's another fun part about this. Uh, these topics, they were not briefed on, so we're going to just gonna jump into them a little bit. I mean, I gave Al ideas. I'm most likely he's go- not going to follow anything I said, so yeah. it'll be an adventure. All right. Well, we're going to talk the first segment, and hopefully uh, Lucas, our engineer, actually has these sound bites still. Um, so, Luke, this one's for you. Seriously, what the fuck? What the actual fuck? I just <laughs> did that, just in case he doesn't have the audio. Yes. Um, this week, seriously, what the fuck, is one of the strangest, I would say, purchases, something kind of out of left field that we didn't even know was in the realm of possibility. And when I say that, I mean, like, it came it came out of nowhere, but there were talks of this maybe earlier on in the pandemic. I, of course, am talking about the purchase of MGM Studios by Amazon for like a, a crisp $4 billion or something insane. It was something crazy. A multi-billion dollar deal. Multi-billion dollar deal. Basically, uh, Amazon purchasing the entire library of films and all the IP... Up- up to a certain point, I up found to it a yesterday from the point. TV Break podcast. So Ted Turner bought a whole bunch of the classics from MGM, and that's what now he ended up starting Turner Classics. Classic movies. However, I, so I think it's like I think Alex, our, our podcast editor, said it was like 1985 or so MGM and forward. Okay, is what is owned by is going to be owned by Amazon, but they have the whole United Artists and. Um, run which goes back a long time including mm-hmm. original james bond stuff and uh they have like orion pictures they have some stuff from them too so there's a lot they got but they didn't get like a lot of the stuff you would see on turner classic movies i mean and then that's really what the seriously what the fuck is about because the one thing that people are talking about have been talking about and will be talking about in terms of mgm is of course james bond so i wanted to talk to you guys about mr bond um and the future of Bond now that he is under new management. Uh, M has been replaced by Jeff Bezos, or Bezos, or whatever the fuck his name is. But yeah, so now that's like, in your heads, by the way. When he was and he's, I was going to say, no, it's when he was Judy Dench. Oh, M, M as Judy Dench was the best M. Oh, For sure. For sure. Yeah. So, was. Bill, you are a Bond aficionado, a Bond fan. Kind of have talked. You've talked Bond on the website, on thepopbreak.com. You've talked probably on countless podcasts. How do you feel about this purchase just as a whole in terms of, I guess, the future of Bond? We can get more into specifics on like what that future may hold, but just like, how do you, what's your thoughts about Amazon being the one to now control Bond's fate? Um, I mean, it's like almost inevitable, dude. I mean, it's just like, at least they didn't call him Amazon. Like Amabon or something like that, like another company did, merging names awfully, allegedly. Um, is um, I'm wondering, so I go back with Bond because my dad was an original James Bond fan, like going back to the Ian Fleming, like the original novels had some of the original stuff there. Uh, I think the James Gardner novels as well, um, had all the books in our house, um, and I've seen. I think 90, 90 to 95% of all the bonds. I 
don't think I've seen all of the Lazenby one. I think uh, I know what it ends, but um, can I can I interject momentarily yeah. and ask who is your favorite Bond? <sighs> it's like asking who my favorite kid is. Luckily, I only have one. Uh, <laughs> but um, my favorite Bond really is um, it's it's right now it's. It's up to say I, I I like the knee jerk is Connery because like I look at Daniel Craig and like I think Daniel Craig has some of my favorite Bond movies, especially with Skyfall, because I think Skyfall, mm-hmm. um, Marissa, our film editor, did an amazing Bond series when Spectre came out, like a fantastic deep dive series, uh, written series. It was awesome. And um, we both were like Skyfall might be the best one. It was so good. Mm-hmm. And um, so Craig has had. And I loved Casino Royale, but mm-hmm. Connery is just, he's really Bond for me. He really is. I mean, he's had some really good ones. He's had some bad ones, but Connery's Bond for me. Yeah, I agree with you. I was just curious. I, I like my father-in-law loves Roger Moore. He loves mm-hmm. the Roger Moore Bond. He's like, oh, I love it. He's more funny. And I'm like, hey, he's good. But, you know, no one ever says Timothy Dalton. No. If you're going to see good Timothy Dalton, watch Hot Fuzz or Toy Story. Um. Or uh, Wuthering Heights. He was the original Heathcliff for all of uh, those fans out there. Anyway, keep going. God, see, like I said, smartest person on the planet. I did read. I did read that book, sort of. Uh, but for me, I see this as I don't think this is going to disrupt any of the Bond film releases. Um, Apparently, according to Alex, he has this whole knowledge of Bond and stuff. He heard us talking about it. He wanted to like message us in real time, but he's like, I, I listened to your podcast three days later, uh, was apparently the family who owns it, the bro- broccoli family or the broccoli family. Um, Broccoli's. Broccoli. Yeah, broccoli. Get out of here. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know it. It's, just, it's just, just Joe Deer, Deer Tay. No, it's <laughs> dirt. Your name's white trash. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. Um, I can do a whole Joe Dirt podcast, by the way. Can we can we schedule that one day? Because that's like one of my favorite movies. That's like a huge guilty pleasure movie for me. Never seen it, so go for it. Oh God, please watch yeah. it. We should have a David Spade podcast. I'd be up for that too. I'll run the Emperor's New Groove episode. Love I that. Will, I will Great be movie. talking all about Tommy Boy. Um, <laughs> there you go. And uh, um, I'm sorry, I'm going off track I, so apparently they have a lot of say over how this happened so i don't think we're going to see no time to die go to prime uh it'll it'll hit theaters also they want to make money and that movie and if it's hitting a fall release oh, god willing everything's cool it'll make bank i do think this opens the door for more spinoffs like for tv shows because remember in this new no, no time to die there's another 007 which everyone's like ah why is it a woman? Why is she black? And you're just like, because it's stop being stupid. James Bond doesn't have to be a white British guy. 007 is not just James Bond. There's a whole double O, you know, service. Like if you watch these movies, there's more double O's. Also, it's all made up. You're an idiot. Shut up. Yeah, it's fiction. <laughs> it's not like all of a sudden we're doing a Winston Churchill documentary and Winston Churchill is played by my dog. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like that's the thing. He's not a he's not a Frenchman. He would be more handsome if he was my dog. But well, one of my favorite arguments are like um, James Bond is supposed to be a posh Englishman, and that's what's supposed to happen. It's like okay, Sean Connery is fucking Scottish. Like, what's your deal? I, mean, I claimed him to be Irish, but I know he's Scottish. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we tried to really co-opt him, but it didn't work. It's fine. You he was already killing little people. So, but no, I know. What you, yeah, it's like come on. Um, 
I think you're going to see more double O spinoffs on Amazon Prime. I mean, we, well, we have Jack Ryan, then you had No Remorse, which is in the Tom Clancy world. So I wouldn't be surprised if you have more Tom Clancy stuff coming from there. And I really do think you see more double O stuff coming out, whether it's prequel stuff or um, spinoffs and, 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 and the like. I think that's what Prime's really going to get out of this. And, you know, TBS for years did like, it was it 30 days of 007 or something or other 007 mm-hmm. day, every summer? It would be a marathon. And I know I watched it every time it was on with my dad. So it was like, I could see Prime doing like a special like James Bond week and doing all sorts of stuff. There's a lot of mileage they can get out of it. MGM also has like a ton of other properties too. So there's like, they're really going to bulk up prime and they're also like mgm is associated with mark burnett who does survivor and a whole bunch of other stuff and he's head of their i believe he's head of their television department so it's like there's a lot of good stuff they're getting with mgm besides the back catalog of film yeah and uh what i wanted to discuss next bill you alluded to is like more of the just the future of bond right so cat uh i don't first of all how are you what, what kind of level of bond fan are you She's Honestly, I'm I'm a pretty big fan. I grew up watching it. Uh, my my dad was a huge Bond fan. We watched them a lot in our house. Um, both my parents are really big fans of Roger Moore. I really love Sean Connery, um, but also really like Daniel Craig's stuff. It's really interesting. I, like I remember seeing the Pierce Brosnan movies in theaters, even mm-hmm. though my dad like really did not like Pierce Brosnan for many years as Bond. And I was like, what's your deal? Like, I think he's fine. And he said something that I never forgot. And I was like, this is a really good point, which is if you watch a lot of the Pierce Brosnan movies as Bond, he gets like really angry. There are times when he like gets kind of scared. You think he's like not going to get out of something and he's just like really stressed and stuff. And he's like, my dad would say, that's not Bond. Bond would never get stressed about something. He would just like get out of it and you wouldn't know how he was going to do it. And you go back and you watch those movies and you're like, yeah, Pierce Brosnan is like acting at like a nine when he really just needs to be like a cool three. So, um, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty big Bond fan. I never thought Um, of it that way, but man, that's a, that's, that's deadly accurate. Right. Right. And then Uh, Timothy Dalton was just like, bro, he's just a terrifying man. Well, he was, that was supposed to be Pierce Brosnan. But right? he was Remington Steel on TV and he couldn't get out of his contract. So he like he sent my dad's like he's always he remember before he was James Bond. He's like he's always essentially playing James Bond. Yeah. But until he finally became James Bond. But yeah, I totally see that. He's he was always like he like especially Goldeneye. Like I remember this he was very violent in everything he did. Yes. And like aggressive and angry. Yeah. Aggressive. Yeah. Okay, so the question to you is now that Amazon has the keys to the castle, the keys to the the, the dry martini or whatever. Take it out, sir. I said the keys to a dry martini. The, keys to the a glass, dry- the glass. The glass. With Aston Martin. Key, no. Yeah, no. Keys to I'm gonna I'm I'm going to make this work. <laughs> the glass and olives to a martini. <laughs> Fine. I don't know I, if you ever had olives in his martini. I doubt it. No. Truly doubt it. I don't because, think you did because you you would. That's a dirty martini. No. Yeah, no. Maybe I'm <laughs> thinking James Bond is not dirty about it. That's his alcohol. Maybe Very I'm thinking true. of uh, of uh, Pepper Potts in uh, in Iron Man mm-hmm. two or three, where she just has for. Oh no, it's the first one. She has for all of the olives. Yeah, all, yeah. all of the olives. Yeah, uh, but anyway, 
what what do you think is the first post no time to die thing bond related that amazon will do do you think it's we are going to like make a huge spectacle about the announcement of bond or here's the next 10 years of bond spinoffs like what do you what do you see as the amazon's plan well, I have, I have a uh, clarifying question. Ha- has Daniel Craig confirmed that No Time to Die is his last Bond? I want to say yes, but let me. I'll do. I'll do research. You guys keep talking. Okay, because I, I feel like he's been talking about like not being Bond for like the last two or three movies. So um, I feel like he was supposed to. Like I feel like Spectre was supposed to be the last one. Then they right. were all like, "Please come back, come back," because Spectre was so bad. Um, God, so bad. Yeah, we don't talk about it. Um, it's like you had Batista in that movie, and you gave him like a weird voice, and he's done some good stuff. You could have done stuff there, and yeah, and it was more about him and the relationship. And I'm like, I don't care about his final film. It's his final one. Okay, okay. So I feel like they're going to use that as a good opportunity to like kind of start over. Um, Yeah, and. I feel like they're the first thing they're probably going to do is not a movie, but uh, a TV series, maybe a limited series to get people to sign up, more people to sign up to Amazon, I guess, to get people to the platform. And I would not be against um, a James Bond series. I, I wish I could remember the name. I watched, This was like once upon a time way back, probably in like 2014 or something, there was a Netflix show that I'm pretty sure was like a BBC show that was about Ian Fleming. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait, um, wait, wait. It's not, it wasn't a Netflix show. Maybe I think it was an AMC show and it's called the something. Wait, it's like a kind of a play off a bond title. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember who was in it. Because it's someone of note, I feel like. It's Fleming, like, the man who would be Bond. Yes. And it's, what's his name? Dr. It's Dominic um, Cooper. Dominic Cooper. Who yes. I love. Yes. Uh huh. Okay. I watched that. That's not exactly James Bond, but it's more like Ian Fleming based. But it was cool because he was like, you know, a World War II spy. And a lot of the stuff that he did, like, inspired. Uh, bond and everything um side note if anyone ever wants like a ridiculous fun read read the original dr no by ian fleming i read it in grad school and the gun penis metaphor just never ends insane i read it um i read it while life guide uh, lifeguarding lifeguarding at a retirement home reading dr no I read, I was reading, I, I loved reading books that were, I loved reading books. Uh, While, movies that instead were of watching out for the oh, safety of human beings. Yes. Hated that. But I was saying, I like my favorite books when I started like getting into actual reading were um, source material for what would end up being movies. Right. So like I remember reading No Country for Old Men and Fight Club and anything that was like, oh, I really love this movie. Is the book as good or better? And for the most part, they're usually better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I would be, I would be really into, um, I would be into a TV show, especially if it like, um, was like a period piece and like went back to like the sixties. Like I would love to see like a sixties bond, like, like do like a mad men treatment of bond. Shut it. That would just be so cool. And he's got like Aston Martins and like, yes. Also, 
um, it, you know, maybe make him not white. Like, I think that would be cool or interesting. Oh, uh, so they also picked up, because I was thinking it, it, it's kind of a similar series. They picked up Epics in this deal. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I've only watched one episode of the series. I kicked myself. It was so good. But it's very much like that throwback is Pennyworth, the, the Al- mm-hmm. basically the Alfred prequel series. Yep. Very mm-hmm. much like what you're saying. Because he was like kind of a veteran sort of spy. It's type. like Kingsman, but not Kingsman. Like very yeah. like not just, it's not as pardon the pardon the adjective but it's not as gimmicky as Kingsman. It was more of it's a pretty mm-hmm. gimmicky. Well, it's Mark Millar's stick is. Well, I mean, it's like Pennyworth was more. It wasn't as like flashy, I don't think, but it was pretty cool. Like I, I just I would think it'd be really cool if you got like a di- a director with a really strong voice to make like get Guy Ritchie to make a James Bond TV show for Amazon. It'd be fun. Oh There'd be cool God. shit like. Or kind of do like, uh, I hesitate to call it like the Bridgerton treatment, but set it in the past and make everyone like different races and ethnicities and never comment on it. Like make James Bond black in the 60s, but it like his race is completely removed from the plot, basically. It's just like, cool. I think that'd be really interesting. Yeah. I like that. Well, because I, that's what people have been calling for it. People, everyone's just like, make it Idris Elba or my pick, make it Henry Golding. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. I mean, these are, those are two suave sons of guns. I mean, like, it'd be great. Henry Golding, sure. who worked with Guy Ritchie in his last uh, movie, The Gentleman, if anyone see it. It's, I have it's seen really it. good. It's quite good. It I is. It's very it. good. It was good. Um, the two things I would want to see real quick would be um this is the t- <laughs> so i don't know if you guys know like the hollywood i'm sure i'm sure uh cole has told you the story or cat knew it already what basically the precursor to daniel craig's bond which is almost like somewhat of a reboot of the james bond universe mm-hmm. was tarantino wanted to make a bond movie which was basically a reboot of bond mm-hmm. so my idea would be hey tarantino um here's a buttload of money we want you to do like a limited series um where you can kind of just do your vision and it won't be in continuity you can do whatever the fuck you want which is what i think they should do with star trek anyway i said i'd rather i'd rather see star trek than bond with garantino i'll tell you that i don't know man i just i mean he basically gave them the idea for the movies that you love like the Daniel Craig movies. It was probably like, Hey, I got this great pitch. And he just did like a line of Coke and then just did the whole pitch. And like, <laughs> we don't, they're like, yeah, we, allegedly. And like, dude, no, we, we don't want to do this, but you guys wrote that down. Right. Cool. All yeah, right. We'll, we'll do that. 13. We're awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're set. So I think that'd be really cool. And then I think um, since Amazon is already like in the Phoebe Waller bridge, like, like involved in department. The, no time to that. No time. And, to that. and yeah. And that's where, and Fleabag is being streamed on, prime so since she's already getting that sweet sweet money like have her do something cool do like a money penny series or fuck oh, it do a female head. or a female bond series just make it like something cool i mean she it. rewrote apparently did a lot of rewrites on this on uh, this bond uh, wasn't she was she brought in later or was she brought in initially uh she all i all i know is she was brought in at the request of daniel craig it's fucking smart she pr- he probably saw Fleabag and was like, "This girl's a genius." Or he saw her job. She's, he saw Killing Eve and was like, "Oh, hey, you know what? That would be both." Cool. But people forget that 
she leaves after like season one. I think she's only an executive producer after season. That's all one. you gotta watch. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> watch season one of Killing Eve, but that's all you need to watch. My so I heard much. the other seasons are good, but like that one season for me, I'm just like it was yeah, so nuts. amazing that I'm like I don't know if I can go into season two. Season two is really. Have good you too. watched Killing Eve, Cat? I haven't. It's great. I think you would like it. You would love like it. it. No pressure, but I think okay. no pressure. No pressure, but it's I'm, like I'm I'm open to watching new things all the time. But yeah. I don't know why. Most of my understanding of the show, everyone's like the clothes are fabulous. I'm that's like, a good. Okay. That's a good dissemination of it. But it's like I know one of the strongest female casts on TV currently, mm-hmm. which you know is already hard to find. But they're like yes. so so good. Um, it's generally. Like gen- I think AMC? it was on BBC America, and then okay. uh, you can watch it on Hulu. And then okay. AMC got it because they bought like a whole bunch of, B- it's part AMC network. Right, right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's like very, it's genuinely funny, genuinely intense. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the, the characters are really well done. Honestly, it's very good. I, I am open. It's very spy, like, espionage so it's cool. I like that. I James Bond to me is one of those franchises that I I am not really precious about and I don't think we should be precious about because James Bond has changed so many times and has taken on so many different forms. But the universe universe quote is like very rich and really interesting. Like, yeah, I'm totally for like have a money penny show or something. Like in the beginning, I feel like she was seen like just as like a secretary, but has been given like a better role in the last couple of films. So just make a whole show with her. That sounds fun. Yeah. Bond. I. I mean. I. I hold Bond very dear to my heart. But like for me, it's just like, like if they change it up, it's on. Like I'm just like that's cool. Just write, make good stories. I don't care. Like it's yeah. just like you want to make you want to make 007. You make James Bond. You make it make it a female character. That's cool. Just make it good. Like it's just it like, be fun. You know. It's just, just it's, it's all about it, make it good. If it's well made and James Bond, whoever that is, Jamie Bond, whoever, whoever. has to be well dressed. The martini, sharp. The Aston Martin, the sharp wit, the gun. That's, all you, That's all you need. That's all you need. That's it. And you know, can and knows how to do action. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. Haley, like, Haley, fucking Atwell. I thought you were gonna say Haley Joel Osmond. Osmond. <laughs> really concerned about you for a second. I'm like, Al might be having a stroke. I yeah. don't know what's happening. I thought you were gonna say Just, Haley Stein. No, she's already my Kate Bishop. That's all I need. Well, she's oh, okay. Kate Bishop, yeah. I love, love. Kate I don't Bishop. want them to replace Ben Wishaw as Q, though. No, I keep him as Q for really, everything. Really, really. Keep him as Q. Yeah, keep him as so Paddington. Wispy. Keep him those two things forever. He's Paddington yeah. on the, sh- the, the. I know. I saw that. I was like, oh my god, they got him to do the show. He probably was like, yeah, I'll fucking do. I'll do it for free. It's Paddington. Like, what, what do you mean? I mean, I'm sure he's not doing it for free, but he should. <laughs> he's so good at it. He needs the money, guys. Uh, but I mean, he, like, he's great. Keep him because I love. I mean, yeah. um, Desmond Llewellyn, who did it first, was amazing. John Cleese. I was not a John Cleese fan as Q. I like really. I like John Cleese a lot. Don't get me wrong. But as Q, I was just like, it was too does, goofy. It was a little. It didn't fit as well. Yeah. Like it's just like he wasn't as exasperated as the original one. And yeah, the, yeah. And I think. Ben Wishaw does get that. I'm like, eh, all right. You know, like that eye rolling for audio podcast. And I do a visual thing. It does the eye rolling thing <laughs> like really, really well. And I do like Ray Fiennes a lot as, as M. Although, listen, if we could have kept Judy Dench going, I would have been fine with it. But Helen Mirren. Let's get Helen Mirren as M. Let's just, let's just make no, it. No, 
No, we claimed her in the Fast and Furious universe. I was going to say, He's we can't. Dude, she she could be in as many universes no. as she damn well wants. She's a dame. That's true. No. That's true. She's part of the family. We she love her life a quarter mile at a time. We get it. <laughs> Do you guys know that she's in those movies because she reached out because she's such a fan? She yeah, called I, her agent. She's like, get me on. in those movies. I'm a huge fan of them. It's like, yeah. what? I think like, that's how most of the like stars have happened, like post The Rock. Like everyone just, Fast Five comes out. It changes the entire world yeah. for better because it's that good. And then everyone's just like, yeah, I want to be a part of this. This looks like fun. They're having fun. I don't see that a lot in movies. Listen, Hobbs and Shaw is a hell of a movie. Thank you. It ain't a good yeah. movie. But and look who's in that spoilers lots of people no i was gonna say ryan reynolds and kevin hart but yes oh yeah that is funny and roman reigns get him arrested oh, yeah. it was this close to being uh to being uh what's it called aquaman couldn't what? get the schedule to work uh, jason momo oh it should have been. i mean yeah that'll happen don't worry momo will be in a fast movie don't worry oh for sure i hope he's like the Oh man, they should make him a villain, Hobbs and Shaw too. Just saying, that'd be great. Oh my god! Sorry, like, I'll talk what, about this all day. What What else can they do? Like, they're gonna go into space in a minute. In like, like this one, I I, like, I am dead serious when I say this. Apparently, there is a rumor. Like, there was rumor and innuendo. They were thinking they're both owned by Universal. Jurassic World fast crossover, and I'm just like, do it. We've Let's- talked about we've talked about the joke that I, the the April Fools, you know, when a lot of brands and stuff do mm-hmm. April Fools jokes. IGN every year would do something super elaborate, and you clearly knew it was a joke, but they put so much work into it, like money. Yeah. And the best one that they've ever done was a, a fake movie trailer for Fast to the Future, a Back to the Future, Fast and Furious, uh, like oh, no. crossover. It's great. Like watch the trailer online. It's pretty They're great. They're going to be in space at some point. At this point, just go this into movie. Jurassic World because God damn it, it. Like what more can you do? Dude, no. Like, Time just, travel is the it's thing coming. You do. It's coming. They're going to go into TARDIS. It's fine. Don fine Ghetto it. versus Biff Tannen. Like... <laughs> I mean, that's not even a fight. No, listen, time travel so he can resurrect the members of the family that have been lost over time. Including Paul Walker, who's actually dead? Like, No, because he's not dead in the universe. Oh. He's like retired in the universe. Uh Uh-huh. That's how they did. Oh, my God. First of all, again, I could talk about this series all the time. Let's not. We're doing an F9 podcast for sure oh my god yeah cole will want to be on that yes i love it cole you're you're invited oh my god it's better listen i'll watch that over you know that hbo max thing you were gonna make me watch in march so i'm I'm good oh you're good (laughs) glad we didn't all right let's move on to our second segment which is a slice of fried gold this week's slice of fried gold um of course, it's not our glimmer of hope. We're going to save that for a little later. It's a little more abstract glimmer of hope. Slice of fried gold. Bill, perfect recommendation. Uh, the Last Night in Soho trailer. So Edgar writes... See it. Good. <laughs> Ed, Edgar writes um, long-awaited follow-up to Baby Driver, which is crazy that he hasn't had a movie out since Baby Driver. What year was Baby Driver? Seventeen, yeah, I think that's about right. 
maybe 2016, but I think it's 2017. I think she's right. Hold on. I mean, she's usually I, I right. Remember, it's, I think it's summer 2017. Yeah, it's 2017. Yeah, 2017. Okay. So, yeah, long way to follow up. And then uh, for people who are huge fans of his, which I've declared I am, I know Kat is, Bill is as well, um, we're getting a double dose of Edgar Wright with, with the uh, Sparks documentary as well, both coming out this year. And that looks phenomenal. I've never heard of Sparks. I've never heard a single song by Sparks. And I want to see this documentary really badly now because I'm also a sucker for music documentaries. So want to talk about specifically the Last Night in Soho trailer, initial reactions. What the hell do you guys think is going on? As Bill is super confused by the trailer. I'm confused by everything. That's true. Um, and then just like expectations versus reality, I guess, if we're going the 500 Days of Summer route. Uh, Kat, I will start with you. Uh, what do you think of the trailer? Just initial thoughts. Um, I thought aesthetically it looked really, really cool. I'm a big fan of Ani Taylor Joy. She Same. is truly a joy in herself. Um, I also I don't know the actress's name, but I know that she's from uh, Taika Waititi's Nazi movie. What was it called? I Jojo Rabbit. Called. Thank you. you say I know Nazi she was movie. In- Yes, I couldn't remember the name. Thomas Tom, T- Thomason or Thomason McKenzie? Yes. Her. Thomason? She was great in Jojo Rabbit, We Stan. So I like seeing those two actresses together. Oh, she was um, the girl in Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Oh, that's where she's from. Wow, she aged a lot. She grew up, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's a short amount of time. Jojo Rabbit is like two years ago. I yeah, saw like, her in oh. another trailer for something recently too. And I was like, oh, good for you. You're just popping up everywhere. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was excited to see both of them really digging the vibe. Um, and also what I liked the most about it was that um, Cole and I watched it separately and then we watched it again together and we had totally different takeaways from it. He's like, yeah, it's really interesting. It's like a, a like demonic possession ghost movie. I was like, what? I didn't, I didn't see that at all. I thought it was more of like a time travel movie or like uh, multi-universes happening at the same time. So Timey-wimey stuff. Yeah, timey-wimey stuff. Um, and I could totally be wrong. He could be right. Vice versa. I have no idea. We could both be wrong. And I was like, wow, what a great trailer that I, I have said many, many times. Um, I think movie trailers give way too much away. I hate them. I think every trailer should just become teaser trailers um, because I'm tired of like feeling like I've seen the entire movie while watching the trailer. Saw that trailer. Still don't know what it's about. Um, Not sure what the takeaway is. That's awesome. It makes me more excited for it. Um, But yeah, visually, I think it looks really, really cool. Bill. So initially when I, I saw the poster for this, I'm like, oh, this is going to be because I'm a dumb dumb, uh, a period piece or even like La La Land esque, not musical, but a kind of romantic comedy slash drama type deal. Just <laughs> looking from the images, and okay. I'm like, oh, this will be a comedy, and this be kind of like lighthearted, maybe throwback type thing to the '60s and stuff like that. Oh, it's a throwback to the '60s in hell. <laughs> like <laughs> I was not expecting any of this and i was like holy shit what what happened to our boy edgar wright and i'm like oh wait no he's this is what he loves to do um i was completely taken off guard by this i'm a massive edgar wright fan i watched space it's my favorite show of all time 
watched Shaun of the Dead like 4,000 times, you know, hot fuzz. I've only watched The World's End once because it was a perfect experience when I watched it. And I'm just like, I cannot replicate it again. So I'm good. And of course, Baby Driver was great. Um, wow. Just just that huge Passover Scott Pilgrim. Oh, yeah, that was fine. Um wow. I liked it. It was fun. It's just like I don't, I don't like lose my shit over it like a lot of people, and that's fine. Totally lose your shit over it. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. I also watched it at like midnight, like after working for fourteen hours, and I was like, eh, "This is good." All right. Why was I up to two o'clock in the morning watching this? Um, Give it another chance. Jesus. I watched. I watched it again. Again, it's good. I am not like over the moon over it, and mm. it's fine. Um, you know, I know there are people who you know swear up and down and left and right about it you're one of them and you know it's good it's not bad but this is to me it's it's super interesting because this is going to be a huge departure from from him i know he's very Edgar Wright's very stylized every movie we've mentioned has been an homage to something or it's very slick and is very glossy and it's very like very hyperkinetic this didn't have kind of the caffeine in the trailer that baby driver and Scott Pilgrim and other films he's done has had. This felt more subtle. This felt more, it moved in a different way. It had a different tone to it. And I'm like, I'm really intrigued to see what he's going to do with this because it felt like there's kind of this sixties, seventies, you know, horror element to it where everything kind of creeps in and then bust. Literally we see in one scene, like, busting through the floors and i'm just like oh so there's going to be like some real high psychological stuff going on here and then you've got matt smith who i'm really intrigued to see in a non you like crown period piece doctor who type thing i want to see him in something more of a leading man thing what he can do and you know visually edgar wright's always going to deliver he always delivers and this is going to be super interesting. And I'm really, really, this is one of the top movies of the year for me to go see. And I want to see in the theater, you know, barring anything bad. Like I want to see this. Cause I think it's going to be a great theatrical experience. And I think this is going to turn some heads on Edgar Wright. Cause everyone's like, Oh, he's gimmicky. That's, that's the thing I heard about baby driver. Oh, it's a gimmick. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a sound. That's music. That's a 90 minute music video. I don't agree with that. I mean, I could see it, the argument, but I don't agree with it. Like, oh, Scott Pilgrim is the comic book that they turned into this, or this is an homage to that. This is totally different, and I'm really excited for that. Yeah, I think both of you made excellent points. Uh, I think the only thing I would add is I think you can see – I mean, he's probably had the story for a while or whatever, but you can definitely see, like, a like I'm full-on, like, inspired by – Jordan Peele and Get Out and us like I think you can see that like it's Edgar Wright super stylized you can see his you can see him all over it but I think you might be right about pacing I might this might be one of us like maybe his slowest burn of a movie that he's done we haven't seen that from him really all of his movies and shows and everything he's done is so 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 quick mm-hmm. and I love that I love that energy but I think yeah we're gonna get more of a just straight hard movie. Like he always says that like he, him, him and Tarantino became um, film buddies over quarantine and they wow. were sharing, they've known each other, they've known each other forever, wow. but they, yeah. they both, they were both talking on like, well, he was talking on a podcast, right. About how he, they were sending these lists of movies. Like, have you ever seen this? Have you ever seen that? And then they, Edgar Wright 
emailed Martin Scorsese and Scorsese gave him a giant list for both of them. And they both had, all three of them were like in like this like weird, like film club over quarantine. That is so wholesome. I know. Film bros. I know. I know. So the reason I even say it is just like, I feel like he isn't someone like, like other directors that we see that are either just making their movies all the time or, you know, trying to do something new and it's weird. Like he's like, some one someone I admire who's alive is doing great shit. Like I'm getting inspired like right off that. And that might not be the case. It's just what I felt from that was he's not also, just like he's a massive film buff too. So I mean he's gonna yeah, dive, he's gonna dive into history. Yeah. Certain thing. Oh. I mean you've seen it with his homages and so many things like hot fuzz especially. I mean that's what I was gonna say. I'm sorry. The yeah. the reason I said it was because he always talks about like his favorite movies of all time and sometimes the list change and stuff, but usually like his like top three is American Werewolf in London. Like yeah. that's a movie that he adores. Like that's a like a big inspiration for him. So he hasn't really made his like horror movie yet. And I know that's a little not straight up horror, but like he hasn't made that yet. And that this is it. And I'm really yeah. excited to see what his I, version of that is. I, I want I wanted to add that one thing that I really liked about this trailer is that I definitely got like a Giallo, like Neo Noir vibe, which Love was really Neo-Noir. exciting so because like you mentioned Scott Pilgrim, uh, Bill, this is controversial to say, but as much as I enjoy Edgar Wright, um, Scott Pilgrim is not one of my favorite movies of his. Um, and generally, overall, I've always thought that Edgar Wright particularly doesn't know how to end movies. I don't really like the ending of any of his movies except for Hot Fuzz. I think that ends very well. Yes, um, yes it does. I think and, so. uh, and one of the reasons I have issues with Scott Pilgrim... I'm like is- thinking back, I'm like, oh crap, what are the endings of all his movies? <laughs> it's like it's like just a personal thing like i hate no no i just was trying to be like how does Shaun of the dead end again (laughs) yeah yeah. Shaun of the dead ends with his friend like trapped in uh it it makes it made sense for the movie it made sense for movie like uh world's end i love that movie like that ending was i think that might have been his weakest yeah, the world actually ends. Baby actually goes to prison. Like all this shit, I just I don't like it. Yeah, but but the point I'm I want to make is that one of the reasons I don't particularly like Scott Pilgrim as much as other people is because it doesn't feel like an adult movie to me, um, which is not a bad thing. But last night in Soho, I'm like, oh, this looks like an adult movie. It's a grown up movie. Yes, this is a grown-up movie. There is drama. There is violence. This looks like it was inspired by like Italian or French art house films. Yeah, man. This looks. I got a like Suspiria like, vibe, but not like that wild. But yeah. Yes. Yes. Like, like and baby so that means an adult movie. It has the word "baby" in the. the title. <laughs> Sorry, it's no, an no. adult movie. It, 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 it no, no, fun. I poke fun at you i know what you mean yes. like i fully this feels like I a more fully, mature movie like 100 percent. but i think baby yeah. driver was a mature movie while scott pilgrim totally agree is not an, a, yeah. a mature film i mean it's not it's yeah a, it's i i think comic. i think baby driver is more mature and it but it still has like a wink wink which is not bad it's like all of his movies have a wink wink a hot fuzz is my favorite Edgar Wright movie and that entire movie is a wink wink. So, so yeah. you've seen Space, right? 
yes, I love space. Well, then I think I think last night in Soho was gonna be the same way, just just in a different way that you're saying, like a wink, wink. Like Baby Driver is yeah. is is a crime movie with a little bit of comedy in it, but like it's not heavy on the comedy. It's more about the the story and the drama, or whatever. But it's also about the the gimmick of the. Um... Of the yeah, soundtrack. of the soundtrack, right? And also just like the... So that was more audio wing. Yeah, um, but the, and also the homages to like crime movies and driving movies and all that kind of stuff, right? right. So I think I think this one think we're going to get that with this. I you're think that'll that be... Maybe? I think it'll be more subtle. Not comedy-wise, but you're going to get the winks to all of his influences, right. to the time period, to everything, whatever. I don't think it's going to be like Sean, where it was like Bub's Pizza, which is like a direct reference to... Dawn of the Dead, like like the stuff there, you're just like, oh my god, like this is ripped directly from this, or this is like such an obvious reference. Like Hot Fuzz, like he does the Point Break thing, like Nick Frost's character, <laughs> Danny does the Point Break thing. It's the best thing ever. I, ah, you ever just want to point you go to you? Well, the two again, the two movies that they watched that night, he Oma, they they Oma, Bad Boys Two, Bad Boys Two, and Point Break. Break. I, that, Hot Fuzz should be taught in, in every film, and class. it has the greatest gift of all time. That's true. The <laughs> we're doing the gift. Yeah. yeah Again, I, we're two very audio. serious actors. <laughs> audio podcast. Patty audio Einstein, podcast. Star of the new Game of Thrones. <laughs> Hot Fuzz is a perfect film. Love like Fuzz. there's not a single line. Mm-hmm. There's not a single beat. Everything about it is perfect. There's not many perfect films. Hot Fuzz is one of them. We talked to I, featuring I talk- Academy Award winner and multi-time nominee and Emmy nominee and winner Olivia Coleman. That's right. As Doris. <laughs> I adore those movies. Some of my favorite movies of all time. Shaun of the Dead is my favorite movie of all time. But the way I always say it is, Shaun of the Dead is my favorite movie. Hot Fuzz is the funniest of the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. World's End might be the best. And I know that sounds weird, but best and favorite are not the same thing. No, that doesn't sound weird at all. We talked about this on the Star Wars podcast. We did. Like, all we of did. our favorite Star Wars movies is not what we consider the best, best movie. Star- yeah. But sometimes they intertwine. Yeah. Yes. This is definitely, I think, this, the homages will be subtle. I think, like, yeah. um, the stuff to the horror movies and stuff, because I think it's going to be a little more um, um, obscure for most, for a lot of fans. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. there might be stuff that is referenced to a Scorsese or a Hitchcock or mm-hmm. The Exorcist, or who knows what he's going to pull Yeah, from. I don't think there's going to be a Michael Bay reference in this movie. <laughs> no, <laughs> no <I'm-> unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Or even stuff from, like, or audio, like, the audio gags that we heard with, like, Sean, where, like, they're hitting the one zombie, too, don't yeah. stop. Yeah, like, we're yeah. not going to get stuff like that. Like, I, this is going to be a very, very different Edgar Wright movie, because even Baby Driver, as different as it was, there was still the, the, the puns, uh, like, the audio puns on, like, play on, mm-hmm. you know, uh, cut to not cut to action, but it's like we're doing something. This song is going to, you know, mimic this or something like that. You know, right? For yeah. sure. Well, that brings us to the similar segment. <laughs> and um, well, usually we would do pop culture recommendations and then end on glimmer of hope. But I feel like glimmer of hope is going to be the longest part of the conversation, and we kind of sh- truncated and shortened pop culture rec. So, glimmer of hope, usually the finale. We're going to do it right now. And the glimmer of hope and the reason I brought Kat on this week is to talk about the return of music. And when I say music, I mean live music um, in some capacity. Kat, I don't know how it is in California. Um, I know I tagged you in a cool free concert that was happening in a month or so or whatever. Mm-hmm. But w- what's the deal? Are, are you starting to see concert announcements 
in uh, California for tours? Yes. Yes. I will admit it's definitely weird. Um, There's definitely announcements. I'm like getting emails about like, yeah, we're doing this like DIY, like outdoor fest, like on the beach. I'm like, what? Like what, (laughs) what's happening? Um, Yeah. It's, it's, it's very weird. I'm starting to get emails from like, the Wiltern, the Hollywood Bowl, I think, is officially starting their summer season tomorrow or something. I can't keep up with the tour announcement emails. <laughs> yes, it's it's almost too much. And this is so wild. So I was looking at like some statistics and graphs and everything. And apparently um, touring sales or like people buying concert tickets for venues or whatever in 2019 was slightly lower than people had been spending in 2018 and then 2020 obviously like went off the map in march and wasn't even there and based upon just pre-orders and purchases of tickets alone right now as of like may i think may 2021 2021 is going to surpass 2019 and 2018 in yeah. terms of money made Yeah, because yeah. everyone's like, I'll go to every show. I'm doing everything. Mm-hmm. People are touring everywhere. Yeah. It's wild. It's we so talked wild. about this so early on in the, uh, in the pandemic and you may have been on the podcast. I've just like, when things reopen up again, mm-hmm. it's going to be bonkers and not just yeah. because people are going to want to go out and do things, but it's because all of these people have been missing out on revenue and money and all of this. So like I predicted and it hasn't happened yet, but I'm still predicting, predicting that we're going to see some like just astronomically big concert announcements soon. And not just like, Oh, huge music festival, whatever. I'm thinking like, there are going to be some like reunions because it's just like, we lost so much money. We need to make it up somehow. Let's throw you know, my dream scenario, a million dollars, whatever, not million, I forgot, a hundred million dollars for Oasis would be phenomenal. Oh, never going to happen. Don't rule it out. Never going to happen. Don't rule it out. Honestly, you say it's never going to happen. I don't it's believe totally that. It's totally going to happen. No, I, mean, I don't say don't happen. rule it out. No, I think it'll happen. Yeah. It'll happen. I mean, yeah, no, no, I, I a hundred million is the, is the money though. I That's heard through some people how much they threw the Black Crows to reunite to do that tour. Mm-hmm. And that's not as big as Oasis in my opinion. And that was a lot of money. Yeah. yeah, allegedly. But that's what I'm saying. Like, we're going to get those announcements sooner rather than later. Like, and, you know, it's weird, too. And the reason I want to talk about this is like, it's a glimmer of hope. But at the same time, we're still seeing tour movements. My Chemical Romance moved yeah. to 2022. Lady Gaga only yeah. had like six dates uh, for her huge uh, cro- uh, Chromatica ball. Yeah. That was announced today that that's getting moved to 2022. So people are still... Billie Eilish as well, yeah. I think. Billie Eilish. Uh, no, she was, yeah, she was announced for next year right right wondering so my wonder is is it people are holding off because they're trying to see what's happening or is it just the dates and the venues available it's just because of so much shuffling around it didn't make sense and it would be like it would be like the routing would have been uh, like my like it didn't make sense to do it so here's here's what i think i think it could be a combination of both but really it's these concert venues are legally not allowed to sell 100% capacity. And so these artists who are used to playing sold out venues are like, I'm not going to play half of an arena mm-hmm. because it, it costs money to put on those shows oh, and to pay the crew and everything. And for someone like Lady Gaga, I mean, 
She's got like outfit changes. She's like a true, true pop star diva. It probably, she would probably lose money if yeah. she put on shows were only half capacity. Well, that's the thing too, is um, you, you said like a lot of these things were like set in stone already, like Lady Gaga's mm-hmm. tour, all that kind of stuff. If there is not 100% capacity at MetLife, where yeah. Lady Gaga probably sold out. There is, by the way. Exactly. So, but like, what, what do you do in those circumstances? Right. Like, so maybe that's the reason they got pushed, not because they're worried about people coming, but too many people like Mike Gorman sold out, sold out the whole tour. Yeah. And then they had additional dates and they sold those out. So it's like, they're not worried about people paying. They paid. It's, are they allowed to come in? Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's gonna be a big thing because it's just like it's also with rolling with states. Like Kat and I are dealing with <laughs> Kat and I are dealing with this. Sophie's screaming surprised and serious. Kat and I were talking, you know, talk about this with like photographers for concert passes because as soon as you know stuff remotely started coming out, people were like, "I want to shoot the show," and I'm just like, "Hey, yeah. we have to see what each you have to see what each state's gonna be like." Hey, Jersey's mm-hmm. gonna be open, but Arkansas might not be. You know, I don't know Arkansas. People are like, who cares about Arkansas? But they have, if you have an arena and Lady Gaga is going to play there, she's going to sell it out. So mm-hmm. you don't want to play like hit or miss, like, okay, I'm going to play, you know, to 30,000 people in Jersey and 8,000 in Arkansas. You know, you're not doing that. It doesn't make sense. It's very okay. true. But Kat, as a concert photographer like myself, mm-hmm. um, how are you feeling about, I guess, when you're, return date to work would be like what when, when are you seeing is it just the Your first thing you already have tickets for the thing that gets announced that's in the well vicinity? like how are you feeling about this I, I have to say the fact that they announced like Lollapalooza is happening these Rye major fest. fests I was just like yo what are you what? kidding me as someone who has been to Lollapalooza bro like People are up in your business. Like, yes, it's outside, but everyone's drunk. People are high. Like, like, you are touching another person's body at all times. Like, it's it's so wild to me that that's happening. And maybe people will be different now. People will respect other people's space. I doubt it. But, yeah, it's, it's really, really weird. And I've been mentally saying, like, yeah, I, I don't know about like 2021. That being said, last week, an email came into my inbox that said Father John Misty is playing a free show at the LA Philharmonic um, with the entire like LA Philharmonic orchestra. And it's completely free and it's like a lottery system. You basically sign up to register and they'll tell you you have tickets. Oh, I fucking signed up. And that that concert is I think the last week in September or something. Yeah. I mean, but so that's the problem. And it's like, we're, it's like we, we have in Jersey, we have see here now. Right. On the beach. We, I, we, Alan, I did it. It's, it mm-hmm. is as wide open as you can get. Yeah. yeah. But we also were there when it was people were packed. Asses to elbows. It was as Bill Bogdan often says, asses to elbows, man. It was, it was, it was, it was Mob City and like, and not that shitty TNT series that Simon Pegg was in. And um, what's his face from The Walking Dead? That um, wasn't bad. It wasn't good either. But um, it wasn't bad. It had potential. They were trying to do like Mad Men. Then it sucked. Mad um, Men meets Sopranos. Yeah, it wishes. 
Uh, but it was regardless, a high concept. Yeah, it, it was a high concept. But regardless, it like so you sit there and like Al, we were talking about. Remember, like April, March or April, they were like, "Hey, fireflies back in the middle of the woods," and we're like, "What are you doing? We're not even close to being." And that was when vaccines were still. Wasn't it Gov Ball that was like the first one to like say like, "Hey, yeah. we're coming. We're not going to be on Governor's Island or Randall's Island. We're going to City Field." Yeah. What is your name? Yeah, but it may, I, I see. What here's the thing. City, well, okay. So I have a different opinion on that because City Field, you could logistically, as we saw with the Super Bowl and we saw with WrestleMania and we saw with a whole bunch of other stuff, you can do pods and you can, if you do it smartly, you can distance people out and still make money. But this is a field in the middle of Delaware. Yeah. There's no hotels. There's no, what do you, there yeah, are you pods? Camping. Yeah, you're camping, you're camping next to like other half drunk teenagers. And not even half drunk, all drunk, full drunk. Yes, full yes. drunk, and you know other stuff. And it's like, I, it just boggles my mind where it's just like, how can you do this? But then we're seeing like Jersey is seventy percent, seventy percent of the states vaccinated. Like, but it's festivals. People come out of town for festivals. Yeah, I, it's so. People fly across the country. People get on planes where they interact with other people who were on planes. Like, I don't know. It's it's very weird. As much as I miss live music, I, I really think about um, one of the members of Arcade Fire recently wrote an op-ed in the New York Times um, that was really awesome. Basically it was him saying like, as much as I miss live music, hello, it's his entire career. He's like, I don't want to go back because his whole thing is like, as a performer, I want our audience to just like like, fall completely into the music and get lost in it. And you see people dancing and everything. He's like, I don't want to be on stage playing my guitar. This was Wynn Butler, by the way. Um, I'm sorry, this was Will Butler, Butler. the brother of uh, lead singer-songwriter Wynn Butler, who wrote this, saying, like, I don't want to fear for the safety of our fans during the show. I just want to be thinking about the music. Instead, I'm going to be looking out saying, like, oh, those people are too close together. Are they okay? Are they vaccinated? I don't know. What about our crew? We're taking our crew across various cities. And I'm like, yes, yes. Like, as someone who is a concert photographer in and out of pits with other photographers – you're by crew members, you're by fans, you're by everything. Theory. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, already like traveling on the road, most people you're interacting have not showered since the previous venue. Like it, no. it's, it's tough. It's weird. And as much as I know that we're safer outside to me, like having these big concerts in parks, in fields, there's a bunch of um, LA based festivals that are happening on the beach. Like uh, I don't know. Like it, it definitely feels weird. It is because, and I, and I don't want to get political, but I kind of will. It's like I felt like we didn't have this moment in the country, maybe because we're still not all be uniformly vaccinated, and I'm right. not going to get into that. Where we weren't like, hey, everybody, it wasn't a. We basically got a tweet yeah. saying, "Hey, you don't have to wear masks anymore," and we're like, "That was it. That's the tweet. That that's how you went out." There was no like breaking news of Joe Biden coming out saying, hey, everybody, listen, I'm going to have a very frank talk with you, which is basically how he won the election is like, hey, this is how it's going to be and reassure us, hey, 
this is what's going to happen. No masks and this and that. Maybe he did. I don't know. Life's crazy. But like he did it. It was the CDC said, oh, by the way, um, you don't need to wear masks outside anymore. And oh, you don't need to wear them inside of some places like Starbucks. So it's fine. I felt like we needed a national address. Well, that's the problem when it's, I mean, Politico, but like we're, it's just like in the sense that like, it's not, it's not up to, it's, it's the state thing. It's like a state mandate. Well, I was saying, well, you had stepped out for a second. It was just like, so what I said was not, we're not uniformly vaccinated. Like we, it's not like 70% of the country is vaccinated yet. And that's due to rollout and other stuff. It's so, and I, I feel like, so if, there needs to be a statement from the president to be like, Hey, everybody, this is how it's going to be. We can go out now, of course, given everything in this country, there's a lot of people are not going to believe him because stuff, right? We all know why, but it's, I think we needed that reassurance because there's a lot of people like the three people on this podcast who have lived in States with very high infection rates, very high death rates. And some of us, like me, I can't speak for everyone else. That's like, hey, man, if you get it, not good for you. You might die. It's just like, because I had stuff I have to deal with. And it's like, now it's like, lol, it's fine. It's just like, (laughs) it's just that you're fine, dude. And I'm just like, I don't feel fine. Like, and I don't feel any of us feel fine. We're still, we lived in the heightened paranoia and fear for a year. And just to be like, it's over. The transition out of that is super, super hard. Like uh, I could, we could go to a movie theater and like the way movie theaters are spaced out right now, we could mm-hmm. be far apart from other people and wear a mask and we can feel safe. But the cat, like you were saying, like that's not how festivals work. No, that's just, not how concerts work. It's not. And I'm just intrigued to see to how festivals yeah. do that. Right. Like, so full disclosure, I'm going to my first live event next week indoors masks i'm going to be wearing a mask i don't know what their policy is but they are they are requiring proof of vaccination will festivals be doing that will venues be doing that is that going to be other that's the other problem i'm just i'm just intrigued to see that because it's a state thing it's it's a state thing there's a couple weird things with that because one i as someone who loses shit all the time like i got this freaking paper card like hopefully i don't lose it (laughs) Yeah. And I'm being dead serious. And like, secondly, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah. Someone's going to sue Festival X venue Y being like, you discriminated against me because it's my, it's my yeah. choice not to get vaccinated because I don't believe that on it because of one, two, three, four, five reasons why. Well, just like a the, no- the, the reason people are going to, the reason venues are, won't have to worry too much about that is because it is a state mandated thing. Like I know in New York shows, like they're starting to have some shows at like local venues, but New York state mandates, if more than a hundred people are gathering indoors for an event, everyone needs to show evidence of a vaccine card. Yeah. That's that's what I'm doing. I'm seeing Mulaney. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Ooh. Yeah. Oh my God. I, awesome. I have so many questions, thoughts. Would love to hear about what happens after you see that. I will so talk to you. I'm going to be there. Is there going to be high drama? It's going to be a live, live questions about John Boy. But like my brother-in-law went to a Yankees game and he had, he brought a negative test with him because, um, and, but he also said it was the most amazing thing ever because 
he's a big guy. He's really tall. So he, he had a lot of room to stretch out with like, you know, 15,000 Yankee fans where he's like, ah, this is great. But they're going to stop doing that. It, it's, it's a big question of how that's all going to work out. Cause there's, I think like, like States, like you're going to see people suing and like, and it's yeah. gonna be a point. like, I have an event apparently in the end of September, it's a wrestling show. No kidding, Bill, you're going to wrestling, but like <laughs> it's in a luxury box with everyone I know there is vaccinated. So right. I feel safer about that. And I will wear a mask through the venue to the venue, all that stuff. But I feel safe that, but if I was in, the regular arena next to a lot of people. Yeah. Don't know about that. It's, it's very weird. Cole and I just went to AMC for the first time in, you know, over a year, we uh-huh. saw a quiet place too. How was it? It was excellent. Great. It was very good. I love the first one. Good to hear. It was very good. Um, very, very good. Uh, I don't like horror movies. I think it's more of a thriller. Yeah. I feel um, the same way. Yeah. It's definitely a theatrical experience, though. Yes, yes. And I actually felt, like, really comfortable. We were in, like, huge, this, like, huge movie theater. Um, It wasn't, like, sold out even for, like, the capacity that it was. Mm -hmm. There was, like, two other people in our row, and they were all the way down the way. People were eating popcorn, but when they weren't, they had their mask on. Also, movie theaters are normally freezing, but it was exceptionally freezing because I think they have, like, the the like fans going and stuff so i was like shivering and also sweating because the movie is so tense um yeah it was a lot but it was a it was a good experience because i felt like people were taking it seriously no one was an asshole about it also like no one was in a 10 foot radius of me basically but But at a concert do you still have mask regulations in california though um we don't have to wear masks outside, but in uh, indoors we do, unless uh, the business Standard says otherwise. we don't. Yeah. So if I think you go to Walmart in California, you don't have to wear a mask. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, def- it's definitely weird. Like I, I took my daughter to Dave and Buster's, and it was like eighty percent of people in masks on, twenty didn't. And then when mm-hmm. you're eating, you know, it's a different story. But it, yeah. yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a weird time. And I, it's, I, I, it's absolutely weird to also I went like clothing shopping recently because I haven't had new clothes in over a year and almost every place I went was like oh our uh, you can't go into our dressing rooms sorry or if dressing rooms were open they're like um, you could only bring in like bottoms you can't bring in a top and I'm like is it because they think I'm going to take off my mask if I'm like changing my shirt like it's just so stupid the whole thing is like it the, it basically ends up going down to like, how does the business feel about things? And as a shopper, you feel like confused and weird. And most people outdoors are not wearing masks. Yeah. I still am like, if I see people, I'll throw it on. Yeah. But like, but like if I'm out, like on a walk or something, I usually don't, but it's, it's, it's just a weird time. We're in this weird transition and we haven't had that. We haven't had that statement made and that's the problem. Yeah, that's a good point. When I'm at a concert, I want to be lost in the music, only thinking about the music. I don't want to be thinking about, did that person just cough on me? That person is sweating on me. That person's standing too close. That guy isn't wearing a mask. Is he vaccinated? I don't know. I'm wearing a mask, but is that enough? Like, I don't want to be thinking about that shit. I really don't. I agree. 
it's just it's not like fun but i want to i want to end on a glimmer of hope that's yeah. the section that's the reason it's it's concerts but, are back baby but they're wanna, back they're back so i want to end it on this each one of you select tomorrow your dream concert tour whatever is announced who is it um and where And it, it has to be something that's actually tangible. It can't be like Elvis has been resurrected. <laughs> oh, shit, man. You know. I mean, technically Sorry. that is tangible now that they have all these holograms. holograms. Yeah, these fucking holograms. Right. No holograms. Dream dream show right now. Like what gets you what's what gets you in the venue? What venue and Well, I I mentioned this earlier, despite the fact that I'm extremely skeptical of everything going on, I hundred percent signed up and put my name in the lottery for both the days of Father John Misty's free shows with the LA Philharmonic. Cause I'm like a full orchestra. That sounds lit. Like, also it's free. And he's like been gone for a while. He hasn't been on social media. He hasn't done any press. So, and there's also, I honestly am surprised he survived the pandemic. Truly. He's such a sensitive soul. So he, how did he get through it? Yeah. Um, So that's my answer, but also, I've been saying this for years. I would 100% empty the bank account, fly across the country if my babies Liam and Noel just decided to put, bury the hatchet. And I think they will eventually. Yeah. And the reason I think that Oasis could get back together is because one, Liam Gallagher wants it so, so badly. So bad. And Noel Gallagher doesn't want to do it because Correct. he is very petty. However, Noel Gallagher does love money. So money, baby. he literally I just said, happen. he literally just said in the interview because people keep asking and mm-hmm. you can see every time he just gets a little more annoyed, but he said that the, the rumor of someone offering a hundred million or whatever it was for them to come back is a hundred percent false. He's like, there is not, I think his quote was, there is not a hundred million dollars in the music industry right now, collectively, let alone someone paying us this. Um, but that is his number. He said he would totally take it. Jeff Bezos, get right. on that. That's what I'm he saying. Just, That's he just got a lot of money from MGM, so let's go. No, they lost money from MGM. Oh, because they bought MGM. They bought it. They Jeff bought Bezos, it. you made $100 million in Today. the time it took me to say that sentence. That's very so true. Yeah, make it happen. So Send it to Noel. That's a great, I mean... Those are two solid picks. One actual tangible. Well, one. Imagine. Well, think about this. What you're just saying. Like, imagine in your Amazon, you put this together. You have it mm-hmm. in a venue, and then, hey, brother, you you can pay twenty five dollars to watch the live stream of it wherever you are. Me and Cat are still going, flying there. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I understand. In, I understand in, what you're saying. In Antarctica, but, we're yes. going. But We're what going. I'm saying is, like, you charge for that, kind of like ESPN oh, yeah. does with fights and stuff. Yeah, the boxing. Yeah, they totally absolutely. should. Bank. They totally should. Um, Bill. The Big Four reunion. Wow. Um, I know what that is. Isn't that weird? <laughs> I mean, I, I, as someone who's covered music, I was hoping you, you would. Um, it was before I covered music. Lucas, uh, Lucas our engineer, went to that show. I did not. Um, so for those who don't know who the big four is the big four of uh, 80s speed metal which would be Metallica, Anthrax, Megadeth and Slayer um, they did it at Yankee Stadium Lucas was there wouldn't be a bad time seeing it there who, who headlined? who do you think? 
Metallica. Metallica. They, they, they ain't not headlining that, man. Yeah, Anthrax Actually, is not closing the show. Well, first off, Anthrax, yeah, Anthrax is not closing the show. Anthrax, if Anthrax closes the show, you know who's going to be psyched? This guy, because I love Anthrax. I freaking <laughs> love them. And they're, they did an, I've done two interviews with them. They're amazing. Uh, but actually, if it was just Anthrax and Metallica, like, I like Slayer, who might, they might be retired. Although, they were, like, they were going to fade out in 2020, but I think that's going to change. And obviously, Megadeth's had some stuff happen. But um, if it was just Anthrax and Metallica, that'd be, and that definitely could happen. It'd be amazing, and I would go see wherever that happened in the local area. But uh, you know me, man. I'm all about the live event for wrestling, so I have my tickets for the September shows, so hopefully that happens. What, AEW? AEW and Prudential Center. That's got cool. my luxury box, baby. And I will be I will be hoarse. That's I will not have a voice for a week. Th- that's ideal because you have a luxury box. Yeah. Like you're totally safe and like the seats are still good. You like yeah, yeah and everyone great. in my box is vaccinated. Like we've all we've all mentioned to each other, I'm vaccinated, I'm vaccinated. We all know because we're like yeah. we're not, no one is fucking this up for us because we've had this thing for like a year and a half. So we're like, we are all yes. I feel that. Oh yeah, I realized I didn't answer part of the the question is where in the venue? Okay, for for Oasis, I mean It doesn't matter. <laughs> I would have said like a year ago, like Nebworth, we're all out in the field and we're crying and it's amazing and you can't even see them on stage, but you could hear every, everybody screaming like Wonderwall. But now I'd be like, mm, maybe my own little box. Like That'd be nice. VIP section. I don't have like a dude in a tracky suit like on top of me, like crying or like when you go to Liam Gallagher shows, he constantly throws out all of his tambourines and there's always like the one dude wearing like a man city something who's like like bowling over like young children to get it so yeah no, no. Pri- private box and i'll go to the uk for that i uh, i had a similar situation happen to me at the stone pony in asbury park i was i was, I was like brought on stage for this Irish band, the Fighting Jamesons. Irish, they're from Virginia, by the way. They play a lot of Irish music and they have a song where people do shots on stage with them. Oh, good. So of course. They bring the kid on stage and th- that's when I was a kid, by the way. That was like 12 years ago. And uh, they're like, if you want to, you could tag out to somebody. There was this guy who was about 50 years old. He was almost in tears. He's like, please let me go on stage, please. I did oh not tag God. him in. I tagged my friend Jeannie in. Good, <laughs> good. Pissed. He was crazy pissed, but he was like in tears. Like there you get those older guys where you're just like, brother, I, I get your I get your passion, but you need to bring mm-hmm. it down to like a seven instead of a forty. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I feel and we've we've all had those moments. We've all been the person who was out of forty when they should have been out of seven. So I get it. Yep. But also other people are in this venue and at the show that are not just you. I'm always at a 40 internally, <laughs> mostly because I'm going to be 40 in December. So, you know, here we go. Woo. For me, the, this was, I was just really trying to. It's going to be at the ranch in, in Manahawken. Oh my God. So Phoenix is That's like nice. tangible. Like Phoenix is happening. Like they're, they're working on their new album. It's, it's like the cicadas, like they go away for a few years and then they come back and they give us like this gift. It's not like the cicadas at all, but apparently that's where I am right now. Uh, No, I I'm so excited for like that return or whatever. And like everyone that I would like think of like a Phoenix new album coming out, Coldplay new album coming. Like a lot of the bands that like, I was like dying to see live again, 1975, like they 
they have like two albums out in the in the sense of like yeah. when they tour again, they'll have two albums to fucking promote. You're gonna see you're gonna see bleachers. I am seeing bleachers. Like like that's all things that like is gonna happen. Here's one that won't, and I would love for it to happen, but it could technically. It is the 10th anniversary of the last, I believe the last full Blink 182 album with Tom DeLong. And it's actually one that I discovered or rediscovered or whatever over quarantine fell in love with became like my running album what's that album called again neighborhoods right okay yeah so because i think they did dog dog eating dog or dogs eating dogs but that was like an ep like after so that was like the last i believe and it's really fucking good i love this album i would love to send to see them a reunite Mm -hmm. you can you could bring in um what's his name from um what's up uh, Skiba. Yeah, you can you can keep Skiba like like it would be fun, but like have just do like a, a limited run promoting the 10th anniversary of that album and um reunite because fuck it. Like why not? A lot but, of a lot of alien hatchets would have to be buried for that to happen. But you can see Tom Dog. I saw that Angels and Airwaves is playing Riot Fest or something. Yeah, yeah, no, they because he's got they had I think they had a new album over quarantine or whatever, and like from all accounts i heard it's pretty good so they're they're there they're both doing shit i blink Mm -hmm. i think blinks in the middle of uh about to release their new album which half scares me and half doesn't yeah Um, same so i think that would be really cool and then obviously oasis uh but wait blink i would love to see them at somewhere like like the fillmore philly would be really that's a that's a good one yeah i think small venues i would want to see oasis at a big venue but for pretty much any other band yeah, small. I don't. I, I have another one, but I'll go on. Well, I was just gonna say that for Oasis, it'd have to be something like, I guess, like either like a MetLife yeah. or like a Radio City. It can't be an amphitheater. Fuck amphitheaters. No, no, no. I mean, terrible. So we love amphitheaters. Don't worry about it. We love you all. BB and T, PNC, you're a booze. Don't worry about it. Um, listen, I got to run the show, not you. Uh, but it's uh, I, gotta, I, I, I do the emails, uh, and Kat does the emails too. Very true. Uh, it's just you always bug me about them. Is I think like Radio City is a really good venue, but if it was like Gallagher Brothers Acoustic or Oasis yeah. doing. 10 nights there like that's a type of yes. you, a historic almond Great. type run you you you're you hook yeah. me in where do i buy tickets well yes. that's because if you it's either that or like you said it's that or do you think they could do a met life 100 yes. goddamn percent well no 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 i'm just saying could you do that around the country or do you do that in like new york chicago you do it like what lady gaga was about to do she was about to do like six cities for the chromatic ball, like yeah, one, like MetLife, like the stadiums. If, it, I think if Oasis, big if obviously, did get back together, in my opinion, they're not doing a whole tour. They're either doing no. one venue for like five nights or no. they're like, everyone come to Glastonbury will sell like 100,000 tickets, like whatever. They will do an hour and a half set closing out Glastonbury and yeah. that's fucking it. yeah they're I, not touring they're not no traveling way. together no way and they're gonna do it in the uk that's it i they're not gonna tour in the uk they'll do a nebworth and glassberry like something like that. you know what yeah. i mean like, I that's feel, what they'll i do. feel like i don't think they'd come to the u.s they can't tour really and they won't come to the u.s for the right money i think they know the u.s for like what i just said like you know a run at one theater it's funny because again noel they they he's the record store 
Vegas. That's true. He's the record store day ambassador. He's got a new uh, best of album since the 10 year anniversary of High Flying Birds again yeah, from yeah. Super mm-hmm. Old. So he's been doing like a lot of press and stuff. And one of the things was one of like his big regrets was not having a hit, like not making a big album as High Flying Birds in the US. Like I think he still has like a chip on his soul, a soul. Wow, chip on his shoulder that mm-hmm. Oasis never made it huge, huge in the in the U.S. Like to the to to the to where they became, you know, iconic right. where they are in the U.K. You know, and there's I think a lot of people reasons for that in the yes, U.S. just see them as that that one record. They just yeah. see them as one and there's two game. goddamn records too. Also, Britpop. <laughs> was not a thing here at no. like the 90s music 90s american music and 90s british music are worlds apart we had worlds like apart. nirvana and, and like like alternative seattle like sad rock i and love pop you have it in because i like, thank you someone finally feels what i'm feeling i mean <laughs> yeah, i do love soundgarden alice and chains to know about on ship sure yes but it's not my favorite thing it's yeah. it feels like it feels dated and but to me Britpop doesn't feel dated like I don't know it feels like I listen to Oasis it feels pretty timeless I listen to some blur and even though it's very timely it also feels timeless like mm-hmm. pulp same thing like yeah, yeah as I, I got older like when I first heard Oasis when I was a kid I was just like this sucks and then like now I listen to them like it's pretty genius I look back on some <laughs> of the stuff that was like you know, I was like, yeah. hey, do the American stuff. I'm like, this kind of crap. It's like so, uh, it's very timeless and very of the time. Like, it's just, yeah. it was a moment in time. Yeah. And but that's still, I mean, when you listen to it, it's great. And I totally agree, Kat. Like, it's weird that the 90s Britpop music, like, I can listen to Bittersweet Symphony right now. And it's like, yeah. wow, this song's great. Like, when did this come out? Like, yesterday? Like, yeah. it's just so, and then 90s like alt pop you can hear everyone whether it's it's the grunge or whatever like or going into like stuff that i like love like jim blossoms right uh-huh. like that's the most fucking quintessential that's the most quintessential 90s shit like ever like you can say like oh what did the 90s sound like and you just hand them that third like, eyed blind third yeah. yeah like any of that like it's just so it's so funny that you, you mentioned that because i never really i couldn't it's distinct like why why did i gravitate to the brit pop stuff so much and it just because it's like oh because this sounds like it could be made today i i think it's also partly because 90s british music what naturally evolved from 80s british music meanwhile mm-hmm. 90s american music was a response to like ew we don't like synthesizers we don't like the glitz and glam we don't like any of that we're going to put on flannel. Firehouse we're sucks. We're going to write this. Sad. Yes. Yes. We're putting on flannel. We're sad. And like, it's, it's a response. They're responding to like the eighties, like hair metal and saying like, fuck this. And we're doing like, we're just jamming. Like we're Pearl jam and we're just like doing our shit. But in the UK, they're like, yeah, yeah. We like kind of like the glam stuff, but we're going to make it a little bit more dancey, make it a little bit more now. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a response of we hate this. Very true. 
and it, and it kind of like in the nineties kind of harkened back in a lot of ways. And you saw this in some American stuff where it harkened to the sixties, like psychedelic yeah. and all sorts of stuff, but it felt very natural. Whereas like you got like the sixties and 75, seventies vibe from some grunge, but yeah, like you said, it was just a hateful, you know, yeah. F you to the music I love, which is eighties metal. <laughs> well, you put uh, shake and tumble on by firehouse. And if you ain't, you don't feel that you're dead inside. It's not well, well since since we're just talking about shit that we love might as well i want by the way i just want to mention this a venue i want to go back to oh, okay would be the broken bowl oh yeah. does love. that exist anymore of yeah yeah it totally does broken bowl does it yes really yeah okay if, if it doesn't three venues <laughs> what am i thinking of that doesn't exist anymore lots Rough of trade good. Rough trade does Thank not you. exist. No, rough trade does exist. It, it moved though. It's it moving moved. And it's not going to be the same. But it's in a shitty place. And I, like I saw that and I'm just like, oh, this is terrible. And in LA, I want to say a lot of like classic venues have opened, but there are a few that are still like a major question mark. Like Moment of Silence for the Troubadour. For those oh. who don't know, Elton John started his career in the United States playing the Troubadour. If anyone has seen um, the incredible film, um, that came out depicting that one of the most beautiful parts of that movie is when they're Rocket at Man. the Troubadour. Rocket Man, thank you. Right. So amazing. I have seen so many bands at the Troubadour. It is such a special venue when you're there. It's yeah. like been reserved. Okay. And it's closed and they don't know if they're opening back up and I'm like so fucking Amazon, depressed buy about that. it. Just leave it at I know. I just going to say Bezos. Bezos. Uh, on it. By the way, Broken Bowl will start doing concerts again in September in Brooklyn. They do have a Nashville and Las Vegas one. The only Broken Bowl I believe that did close was the UK Broken Bowl in the O2. And I believe wow. that was due to construction or something happened there. I don't think it had anything to do to popularity. Um, but yeah, to go back to Brooklyn Bowl, I've seen a few shows there, man. It's like one of the coolest venues and it's just so chill. And I think just walking into that and just hearing some jam band music would just be right. That would hit me right in the soul. And I would, I would totally dig that. Yeah, that's a good choice, Bill. I I, I have them sometimes. <laughs> so, Al, why don't you segue us into our... Uh, the segue was uh, going into our uh, pop culture recommendations. And this is, you know, what you're listening to, what you're watching, what you're streaming, what you're reading that is getting you through quarantine. It's It feels like every day we have something new to watch. When back... When we first started this, it was Tiger King and nothing else. So it's interesting how that's changed. Um, I have a bunch, but I'm going to try to be quick and limited to one or two. So song recommendation, one of my favorite bands, Churches, just released their second single off their now uh, newly named album, and they announced a tour. Can't wait. Um, the new one is called uh, How Not to Drown, featuring uh, Robert Smith, right, of The Cure? Did I get that right? Yes. 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 I, heard, I heard that on the radio, and I was like, who is this? I'm into this. And at the end, they're like, that's a new song from Churches. I was like, oh. Like, hello there, darling. Exactly. That, first, that first song was- He Said, She Said, also a banger of a song. So yes. good. So I can't wait for this album. Like, it's just like everything- through quarantine, through all this, like you can hear the rage and the emotion and just like the work that these guys put in. Um, I'm so excited for that uh, album. The songs, both songs are great. So check that out. And then 
it's tough to describe this one. And I think people are going to be doing think pieces about it for the next year plus. Um, over the weekend, during Memorial Day weekend, Bo Burnham released oh, his new stand-up special, yeah. Inside, if you can even call it a stand-up special. But um, this was like a surprise, like out of the blue Netflix release that he announced, uh, I think a few weeks ago, basically saying that he re- shot, wrote, edited, shot, directed um, a full new special in his house during quarantine. (sighs) It was heavy, right? It's heavy. It's fucking hilarious. It's super emotional. But one thing that people, I keep seeing people talk about, and it's the best thing I can describe is one day you're going to have to tell people like future generations, like what you experience during this year. And this is the thing you can kind of show them, say like, this is kind of like how I felt throughout the whole time. And it's interesting when you say that, because it's just like, yeah, there's jokes about like entitlement and, you know, uh, it's, it's like classic Bo Burnham stuff in it, but everything that he does in it, the way he expresses himself, it's just, bonkers and like it's so well done like the guy is a savant in anything he does now not just comedy but directing lighting editing like it's it's masterful it really is truly great you have to watch it um try to watch it with no distractions because it's it's a it's an experience for sure so funny i really want to watch that we've seen pieces of art or television, you know, and stuff, especially television, trying to capture the essence of what's happening right now. And a lot of them have failed. A lot of them just felt like, um, they almost, they feel inauthentic because you're like, Oh, you're just trying to capitalize on something. Um, but this one I heard is not that. And it's very, it's very hard to do. It's not an easy thing at all because you could be super insincere. You could be super overwrought. And I think you have to hit that right sweet spot. And the, all the reactions I've seen from this special have been like, this really hit it right. Wow. I really want to watch it. I, interestingly enough, have heard most things about it from the Father John Misty can flub, um, a.k.a. the name of the fan club. A lot of people have been <laughs> saying, <laughs> a lot of people have been saying like, has anyone seen Bo Burnham's new special? It's like really strong Father John Misty vibes. In terms of not only how he looks, apparently yes. his long hair and a beard, but also like his vibe and things he's talking about are a lot of 100%. stuff that Father John Missy's talking about. So I'm yeah. like, I feel like I need to be like emotionally prepared to watch it because it seems very heavy, but I'm extremely interested. There are at least two, maybe more songs that are like, did Father John Misty write these? Wow. Not, Wild. not approach or like sound but lyrically lyrically yeah lyrically you're gonna be like wow what did i like you're gonna be like i gotta rewind that because the amount of words he just put into such a short breath it's mind-boggling it's really crazy should i watch with subtitles or no that's a good question no asking stuff like that no i think you'll be okay Okay, because first time I saw 
Tenant, I was told watch with subtitles, and I did, and I enjoyed it immensely. I but did. It did. I help. think a lot of people I did. didn't. I was, I was fine. Oh, I, had, I also saw it in the theater, so I could not. I, the only warning yeah. I'm going to give you guys is okay. these songs will get stuck in your head. Good. That's it. Good. They were get, not. Doesn't matter if they're good or not. They're going to get stuck in your head, and you'll see. Is this the, this the Bo Burnham thing? Yeah. So I'm going to have to be emotionally prepared for this because right now I am at the level of I got to just give me fun. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be ready for it. Uh, Kat, what do you got for us? Um, So this is just music? No, no, whatever. Whatever. Um, uh, I'll recommend uh, two things. Uh, One, uh, one a movie, one a TV show. Um, I recently saw a quiet place too i would definitely uh i would definitely recommend it i don't think you need to see it in a theater if you're concerned about that type of thing i did um but watching it at home was really great um the night before we saw it we watched the first quiet place and so it felt really good to watch it kind of back to back um i think that the first quiet place is really like has metaphors and themes of like how can we protect our children and like are we strong enough parents to protect the lives we've brought into the world and the second quiet place is really about how we've taught the kids all we know are they prepared to handle it themselves I don't think that's a spoiler or anything but um really well done I think John Krasinski is a really good director um really fun you could tell that he is like a big fan of like like monster movies um in the background of a scene just for a moment and i saw him talk about this in an interview there's like a brody's pizzeria and he's like i've always wanted to make jaws so this is my allusion to jaws by having a brody's pizzeria um yeah it's it's very good very interesting um Cillian Murphy is excellent. The child actors in yeah. that movie are beyond, just absolutely beyond. Is it the um, same, is it the same uh, actress being the daughter? Yep. Every, everyone's pretty much the same. Um, John Krasinski, even briefly, is in Yeah, it. that's in the trailer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, if, you, if you enjoyed the first one, 100% recommend, um, recommend seeing the second one. Um, the second thing I will recommend um, and could be a good recommendation in light of it being Pride Month now is um, the Netflix show Holston. Um, it is about the American fashion designer Holston played by Ewan McGregor. Um, I will warn that this show is a Ryan Murphy show. I am often quite skeptical of Ryan Murphy, but this leans a lot more towards like the american crime story and like less glee and american horror story nonsense um very well made it's only five episodes it's like a limited series or like an hour each and um if you're a big fan of like studio 54 or like 80s glamour liza minnelli there's an actress who plays liza minnelli in all five episodes She's incredible. If you from the are, first from the first meeting of her, oh yes. my god, you're like, where has this actress been? I hope has she been in other things that I have seen because holy shit! I looked it up. She has been on Broadway. So there you sense. go. Um, it's also the type of thing of this actress walks out and you're like, oh, that's Liza Minnelli before she even introduces mm-hmm. herself. Um, 
Also, if you are a fan of the 1990s Batman films, then you could see a young Joel Schumacher. Oh my God, I just I just saw this now. Yeah, Holy yeah, shit. he's uh he's in the the first episode um, because Joel Indeed. Schumacher was was a big part of um, Halston's designing. Yeah, it's it's very good. Um, Ewan McGregor is excellent. He's like so bitchy and so confident and so great. Um, and at the end, it like touches on like the AIDS crisis and it's like very moving and just very well made. So um, I would definitely recommend it again. It's a limited series, only five episodes. Um, I, I really enjoyed it and um, enjoyed all the portrayals in it. So if you're a fan of Studio 54, fashion, um, or honestly, just Ewan McGregor, I think he gives like a really great performance and the type of performance that I haven't seen him give kind of anywhere else um so yeah those those are my recommendations yeah it's truly ryan murphy at its at his best like if you're yeah. if, as kat said like if you are a fan of um american crime story oj or versace or whatever mm-hmm. like this is like right up there um, yeah. it's really not getting as much attention i think it, it does. Just, but his netflix shows never do they get like initial heat that's, and then that's also netflix too it it's is. Netflix. like we might find out tomorrow that a hundred million people have streamed this it's not true and you would never know would never unless know. somebody said something it's just yeah. it's that cycle it's like the streaming the, the binge cycle has really cannibalized uh buzz i think in that yeah. sense uh, because yeah. you know with invincible airing every week like people were talking about it buzz. every week it was yeah. great buzz um, like I've, I've heard more about Mighty Ducks Game Changers than I did of Halston. I didn't even I know Halston. I didn't even know Halston was out yet. We literally told you about it today. And, yes, that's how he knew. That's, that's how, how he knew. knew. That's yeah. how I knew this was happening. Like I knew this movie was happening. I just didn't know it show a few weeks ago. Well, I again did not know it was a show. I know, so, right? But I had a quick question: A Quiet Place too. I remember when the first Quiet Place ended. I was like, "Wow, that ended so great." And then they're like, we're yeah. doing a sequel. I'm like, son of a bitch. This is I know, me too. Yeah. Uh, does it feel earned and natural? Uh, yeah, that's a really good question. I, I felt similarly. The way the first one ended, I was like, oh, I don't need to see another moment. Like, this kind of plays out. I know where it's going. Um, I will say that this picks up pretty much immediately where it drops. Um, but it, it definitely feels earned. It doesn't feel gimmicky. It's not like... It, it was in good hands. I will tell you, again, not a spoiler, but the same feeling you have about the first, the one, the ending of the first one is similar here, too. Okay. But I would good. anticipate there is more than likely going to be a third film. Okay. I mean, listen, I'd like to see what he does post this. Yeah. I yeah. Really interesting. Yeah, me too. I, it's definitely worth it to see and you know as as great as it was like seeing it in a theater and everyone's like really quiet and stuff and there's definitely tension and like jumps to gears which I hate but yeah. you could watch it at home and I don't think you're going to lose anything like unless I don't know you have like a child screaming like running through or something <laughs> but we love Sophie I don't think Sophie would do that no we, we try to shield her eyes from that we had made the mistake with Stranger Things season three, and she's just like, "What's up?" <laughs> she started crying. We're like, "All right, gotta stop this." Um, oh. Yeah, for me, uh, 
I'm with musically. I'm going to go with a single off the new album from uh, Royal Blood. It's called the album's called Typhoons. And the you song. did that last week. Do something else. Well, did I say the song? Yeah. Well, it's going to be American Medation again this week. Sorry. <laughs> I don't remember what it I kicks ass two weeks in a row. Boilermaker by Royal Blood. Great song. Yeah. Absolutely I like them. Awesome. They're great. That it is a really awesome song. And uh, the reason I've recommended it twice, one, my memory is absolutely garbage. And two, it's a great, great song. But if you want me to pick something different a little quick, I'll just throw one out for you. If you want to go back to throw back to the 90s, throw back to something a little weird, a little groundbreaking at the time, listen to the Judgment Night soundtrack. What's Judgment Night, you might ask? It's a really random movie with Emilio Estevez, Cuba Gooding Jr., Stephen Dorff, and, and Jeremy Piven going out for a boys' night. They end up in the wrong side of town and see two drug dealers, played by Dennis Leary and motherfucking Everlast of House of Pain, murder a guy, and they have to go through, they have to escape this night from being murdered. Uh, that is the most ninety shit I have ever look heard. Look at the soundtrack. The soundtrack oh is a hybrid of grunge and metal artists collaborating with hip hop artists. So you're, go- yeah, it is wild, man. All right, I'm gonna just read some collaborations. You ready? Okay, Let's I already got it. I got this. You got this. Helmet and House of Pain. You've got De La Soul and Teenage Fan Club. Wow. Run DMC in Living Color. Whoa, lit. Slayer and Ice T. Lit. Cypress Hill and Pearl Jam. Oh my lit. god. Mud that's Honey. A, that sounds like a lot. Mud Honey and Sir Mix a lot. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Faith No More and the Sam- West Coast Samoan hip hop outfit, Booyah Tribe. This thing, uh, I had a I had a conversation on Twitter with Andy Williams, aka the Butcher, uh, from every time I die about this on Twitter. And we're both like, this is the best soundtrack ever. Oh my so, God. And he's a gentle giant. So I, I have to agree with him. So yeah, go listen to that. If you want something a little weird in your life. And um, it, when it comes to television and such, um, watch mayor of Easttown. It's on HBO max. It's just, yes. it, it was a six episode run. I didn't watch all of it just due to life and stuff, but I watched the majority of the series. The finale will mess you up this the episode five cliffhanger is so frustrating because you're like i want to know what happens and then you get to episode six you're like i don't know if i wanted to know what happens because that's intense and also amazing uh it's kate winslet what's up Al? no i just i i have to talk to you about it at post pod but i feel like without someone spoiling it for me it was spoiled oh i'm sorry oh that sucks I'll, I'm going to ask you guys after because I haven't watched any. Of anyway, so Kate Winslet essentially plays like uh, this woman who lives in Pennsylvania and she was a high school basketball hero and she's now a detective in town. There is a young girl who is murdered and she has to investigate while also dealing with the trappings and everyday life of this depressed small town post-industrial town that's ravaged by opioid addiction and divorce and everyone teenage pregnancy everyone knows each other way too much it's very relatable if you live in a small city small town i feel like like i just talked to my wife i'm like you lived in our town for a long time she's like some of this i feel seen with some of this for sure 
there's also a lot of it also spawned one of the great stories of all time with Kate Winslet's love of the convenience store chain Wawa. And <laughs> that was amazing. So just go look it up and how she is enthralled with this lovely convenience store chain. So yeah, Mayor of Easttown, it's on HBO Max right now. And if you have HBO or uh, you can on demand it, it's six episodes. Evan Peters is also in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roy from The Office is also in it. Randomly, you're just like, all of a sudden you watch it, I'm like, holy shit, that's Roy from The Office. He uh, looks like a guy from Pennsylvania. Yeah, he does. And um, oh, Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce, but that's not who I'm thinking of. Gene Smart. Gene Smart, yes. Mm-hmm. The, the queen of HBO, Gene Smart, who Al put over <laughs> hacks last week. Um, of so course, good. Watchmen, she was incredible in that. And uh, yeah, so you go watch go watch Mayor of Easttown. Six episodes, you will love it. And the little girl from The Nice Guys plays Kate Winslet's daughter. That's right. It's so good. And fun fact, that, that show takes place in Delco County, which is Delaware County, which is right next to where Cole grew up. And at one point, they go to a gas station and Cole's like, oh, that's a gas station in our neighborhood. There you go, it was man. Great. It's a it's a great show, and Al. Even if, I would say it's a type of show where even if you know how it ends and the twist, yeah, you it's gonna, still you good to watch. It yeah, it, it's there's there's a couple twists in there, by the way. Yes, that's true. Oh, so you did watch the whole thing already? I, I watched the whole thing. Yeah. yeah, there's like a there's like a mid quote unquote mid season, I guess we say twist. You're like, okay, sure. Yeah, you're oh, like, that, cool. that all right, just that happened. Yeah, and it's not like it's not like oh that just happened. I didn't see that coming. That's weird. No, it was like awesome. So yeah, Mary's done super good. All right, yeah. I'll watch it after Halston. To no surprise, Kate Winslet is great in it. Yeah, it's so 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 good, and even just watch it for like the funny accents. It's like impossible I when they say fingers. something. Yeah, I didn't pick up the accents too much. I know it meant too many people from Pennsylvania. Oh my gosh! I after everyone always says like, home, home, Home. over, get out, hoagie, hoagie. Yeah, it's like impossible to not. Not a hoagie, guys. Spoiler: (laughs) unless it's from Wawa, then it's a hoagie. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, that was a great pick. Awesome. All right, Uh, and then Bill, we're gonna start it up. With you, where can people find you? We're going to wrap this pot up because it has been a good amount of time. So, oh, hey, listen, we're going to start talking about Oasis, and I ain't going to stop you. That's true. Uh, Look out for the Oasis pod. No. Why not? Let's do it. Let's just yeah. let's just review a record. Um, there is a great uh, new uh, podcast on. No, just there's a great new podcast on Spotify from the Ringer called um was it something about no skips basically they look at like a perfect hip-hop album uh, shay Sharano, who's a great writer columnist just got, or whatever. just got greenlit for um a series yes wow. yeah so it's like about like i forgot the actual name of the podcast is but they basically um talk about perfect hip-hop albums that you put the judgment night soundtrack on there it's <laughs> technically hip-hop but half of it is it's true uh but bill where can people find you Oh Say man! Bye, bye, bye. Yeah, I do a lot of stuff. Okay, so um, before I get into the pop break stuff, uh, check me out on Twitter. I'm bo- at Bodkin writes W R I T E S. If you must, I retweet everything from thepopbreak.com, but also just a whole bunch of wrestling stuff. I am doing a monthly wrestling podcast called This Wrestling Life, a podcast. We launched our first official episode this week. I sat down with my good buddy Kenny Pete, and we talked about. Uh, Basically, the whole podcast is a celebration of fandom and also championing uh, underrated wrestlers. We talked about the wrestler Too Cold Scorpio this week. Uh, 
uh, this month, I should say, I'll be joined by my regular uh, co-host, comedian Melissa Jobin. She'll be coming on episode two and beyond for the rest of the series. Uh, you can find it under the Breakcast Hub, which is on Anchor, Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Um, I also do a whole bunch of other stuff. I just did the TV Break podcast, which is under the Pop Break TV hub on those same streaming platforms. I do that once a month with Alex Marcus and Josh Sarnecki. Um, I also do a bunch of spots on the All Elite podcast, on the No Holds Bar Network, as well as the Pop Culture podcast. You can find those on all your streaming platforms. Uh, but most importantly, check out thepopbreak.com every single day. We've got great stuff with movies. Yes, we're going back to the movies television music yes we'll be getting back to concerts and doing interviews and comic books anime digital trends all sorts of awesome stuff follow us on twitter at the pop break follow us on instagram also at the pop break forward slash pop break.com all spelt out on facebook and uh, also don't forget to check out and the winner still is and the way too early oscar podcast on all the platforms i spoke before this matt taylor and marissa carpico that's their film podcast try to condense that as best i could you did a great job i tried um Cat, where where can people find you? Um, for now, people can find me on uh, Letterboxd. My handle is cat underscore wild. That's cat with a K and wild with an E at the end. You can follow me there. Um, when concerts come back and whatnot, you'll be able to follow me in more places. But yeah, just for now, you can follow me there. And Bill, I wanted to say I've been meaning to tell you for days, this wrestling life, what a great name for a wrestling podcast. I mean, I... It's a playoff, this American life. I, oh, I know. I thought it's it was amazing. a playoff. I thought it was a playoff, this Duckburg life. Oh, I have to listen to that, man. That's going to be great. I, I, I ain't going to have to listen to that. Um, awesome. Um, well, I was going to call it Wrestling Anonymous at first. And I'm like, nah, that's not going to make sense. And then like a very popular wrestler st- launched a podcast last week called Wrestling Anonymous based off of Beautiful anonymous, anonymous. By, Chris, by Chris Gethard, and I was just like, "Shit, good thing I didn't do that." Yeah, um, we I would understand this person. I would have recommended his new special probably, but I haven't watched it yet. It's on. Uh, it's available, so I, I do have to check it out. The most New Jersey man ever, aside yes. from like maybe Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, no, I think I think he might be more New Jersey than him. Maybe. Maybe. Might. Be. Might. Um, uh, you can find me at Al Manorino on Instagram and Twitter. I have nothing else to promote besides uh, go follow Cat on Letterboxd and go visit thepopbreak.com for a million and a half things that you can be checking out. We have reviews and podcasts and wrestling and the whole gamut. So, And we're starting our low-key series starting next week. And if you've been with us for this long, what we're going to be doing is real quick, um, we are going to be having our guests are going to be all the hosts of our various podcasts. Yes. I know what the first episode I think will be Courtney and Marshall from our Blurred Watchers podcast. Which and the finale of Loki will feature one of the first podcasts on the popbreak.com, uh, a little reunion episode. That's right. The News Over Brews reunion podcast. I'm sure Ryan DeMarco won't make it. He told him he's he he's already, he has to be there. He'll be like, oh, you know, I gotta work. So, you know, he won't do it. He doesn't listen to this. He doesn't listen. No one listens to it. sure. Sophie does. Uh, and that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Social <laughs> Distance. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Peace.